So please keep the family in your prayers. They really are a, 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 a lovely family. Um, it was great to be there. I'm sorry that I think in one of the weeks that we were in Mildura, uh, you guys had like 12 degrees here or for a few days running. Um, I, we were suffering at 22 and 23 degrees on those days. Um, yeah, I know, but we, sometimes you've got to do it tough for Jesus. Um, and so we were doing it tough for Jesus there. Um, and But in our prayers, we asked that the Lord would bring some of that heat with us. And so just thank Him and um, our prayers for the day that you have today. No, no, not really. <laughs> but um, it is really lovely to be back. I said to Mel, we were having dinner last night. And I said, as much as it was nice to be away and, and have some time to rest, I actually just like... Does anyone else like their house, their home? Yeah. You know, I just... It was so nice just to sit on my couch again at, at, at my dinner table, walk through the long grass in my backyard, you know. Um, it, it was just nice being in my home, you know, sitting down, watching TV, deciding, I think, you know what, I think I might play Xbox now. You know, just, just things that it come natural. Walking into Nathan's room and it's dark. Nathan, I've just opened your curtains. I know, I just closed them. You're like, hello, you know, just being back at home again, it was just so nice. But what is really special is actually to be back here. I, I'm looking forward to what God has to say to us today. I'm looking forward to next week. Uh, I'm looking forward to next year, you know, two weeks away. You know, I, I wouldn't say that we've come back and our batteries are 100% again, you know. It, it takes a lot more to, to be recharged. But I, I certainly have an expectation that next year and all that God has for us and has in store for us next year, amen. So, funnily enough, I know it's Christmas time and we're heading towards Christmas and we're about to celebrate the birth of Jesus. We're about to celebrate a lot of the language I used when I was in Mildura was the birth of hope. But one of the things that's actually really special about Christmas time is there's this increased focus on prayer. And the Lord's Prayer, as you read in Matthew and in Luke, right, the Lord's Prayer at this time of year is prayed more now in churches at this time of year than any other time of the year and it's not just prayed in english it's it's prayed in different languages wherever you go in different countries everywhere there's this focus on prayer at christmas time and so i, I figure if there's this beautiful thing that gets prayed in different languages and it's the same prayer that was originally spoken by jesus then I think it's probably something that you and I need to have a look at before Christmas, yeah, before we celebrate his birth. So uh, my hope and is that this will encourage us all to pray. Yeah, the, the truth is, if I'm going to put it out there and, and err on the side of offending people, which I, 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 I do enjoy doing, um, is the fact that all of us can actually say we need help with our prayer life. But I already pray. Good for you. I still think that as good as you are in the gym with weights, you can get better. As good of a driver as you are, you can get better. As good as you are as a husband or wife, you can get better. As good as we may be as prayers, if we're truly to be open and say, hey, I think I can grow in this area. I think we can grow in this area. Amen? So, my heart's the is that the word of the Lord's Prayer, if we get there, right? If we get there. I've got so much stuff, I don't think I'm going to get there. But if we get there, my heart is that the Lord's Prayer will actually speak to us again. Maybe remind us, refresh us, if anything. You know, because if we're willing for God to rejuvenate our prayer life this Sunday and then on Christmas Eve when we meet together and then New Year's Day when we meet together, He will. 
Because the brilliance is that when our prayer life gets strong, think about this, when our prayer life gets strong, not just this house, but watch out Ballarat. You know, this is not just for us, but in whatever church, wherever people are, those that are at home, when our prayer life, our actual prayer life, our actual, it's such an important word, actual prayer life, because the notion of prayer is so big with so many of us at times. When our prayer life gets strong, stuff just starts to happen. So, Father, have your way, I pray, in Jesus' name. So we're going to look at Luke 11. If you've got your Bibles, got your phones, got your tablets that can fall and not break because they're not Apple, um, turn to Luke chapter 11. You'll notice out of the two versions of the Lord's Prayer in Matthew and then in Luke, Luke's is the shorter one. Yeah, I didn't choose that so that I could have a shorter sermon. <laughs> uh, I, I chose that because I think Luke's version actually shows us that this isn't a formula to pray. So often I've been taught that this is the formula of prayer. It's not a formula per se, more so a pattern, yeah, if you will. It's a pattern. It, Jesus is giving us a pattern. So he doesn't give us a formula. Instead, he gives us the same pattern the same pattern that he uses to teach his disciples all right so luke chapter 11 verses 1 to 4 one day you're really quiet and i know i've mentioned that twice i'm just letting you know the quieter the church is the longer i preach um, one day jesus was praying in a certain place when he finished one of his disciples said to him lord teach us to pray just as john taught his disciples he said to them when you pray say our father hallowed be your name your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us and lead us not into temptation. And the prayer just sort of ends there. Yeah? It just sort of ends there. But because we're so accustomed to Matthew, we, we kind of want to keep it going. Yeah? We, we, I mean, you think about it, for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory. That's the part that you and I, the church, have actually added to this prayer sometimes people even get to this the end of luke and they'll even pray in jesus name because we're taught to pray in jesus name but we also know that if someone says in jesus name we know that sort of finishes a prayer doesn't it you know we sort of know that when someone finally says in jesus name amen it's like yes oh, especially after grace at last they're finished yeah it sort of gives us that that idea that they're finished let me say something about Christmas and the reason that I want to look at the Lord's Prayer and how we can, how, how we can bring prayer into Christmas time. It's, it's, it's simply this, because Christmas is a wonderful time of year, yeah? Most people would agree with that, I imagine. Um, I would say it's probably, uh, it's probably my favourite time of year. It's a time that we get to get away. It's a time I get to forget gifts. It's a time that I get lovely gifts, Yeah? It's a time when the church is getting sort of busier because we do stuff like decorating the tree or, you know, we, we, we do stuff like Christmas Eve service and, you know, there's all, all, all things that are, carols that are happening. Like it gets busier, but for me, Christmas time, I, I, I'm already slowing down. You know, anyone else sort of feel that way in December? You sort of, you're just slowing down. So I, I love this time of year. So when it gets to Christmas, the older I get, the more the more I appreciate time with family. I, I love spending time 
yes of course with my wife and my boys but with my girls and now when it comes to Brooke and our extended family with Joe and Benedetto and then my brother and sister-in-law and and my nieces and we spend some I'm actually appreciating that more and more whereas when I was much younger it was like oh where do we have to go you know what do we have to bring how long do we have to stay before it's not rude to leave like now I'm the last one there you know like I I just for whatever reason I, I know I don't know I think maybe it's an age thing maybe it's I'm growing in the Lord thing and I'm appreciating family more I'm just I'm appreciating this time of year more than any other you know and it's a glorious thing when you think that God's plan was to send his son in the form of a baby in a manger like it's it, it is it, it's it makes no sense in here because if man was to plan it he would come the way the Israelites were expecting you know their champion riding on a horse you know a little bit like uh, I guess Arnold Schwarzenegger or Sylvester Stallone with guns ready to blow up the Romans you know like if if it was our plan it would look a little bit like that not not this child in a manger it's a glorious thing that happened when Jesus came into the world but I also know this that this time of year yeah is really difficult for some people Christmas is a really tough tough time for some people and so I, I, I want to share a, a little bit of me to, so that, to, I guess, together that we, to help us empathize, particularly for those that have e- experienced something similar as well. But it's also to say that at this time, even if it's difficult for us, we can still move forward because we have the power of prayer. Yeah? So I'm 52. My dad passed away when I was 33. He was 83, believe it or not, at the time. Because when I was born, he was 50. They weren't supposed to have children. They couldn't have children for 13 years. I was their surprise. I gave them better language. I was their miracle child. Yeah, right? Well, that's true, right? You know? <laughs> but on October the 9th, October 9th, 2003 my dad went home to be with the lord i believe i reckon he skated in with his bum hairs on fire escaping the the fires of hell because i know he believed and he was active and he wasn't active and so i've just got to trust that he made it home i don't care how people make it to heaven as long as they make it yeah the first year the first year that 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 we had christmas I said I wasn't. It, it was really hard. Dad wasn't vocal. He's not like me. I'm a larrikin. I'm loud. I, I, I enjoy the limelight. I'm a, I'm a joke teller. I, 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 I'm, a, I'm a shake stirrer. You know, I, I love that. That's, that's who I am. Yeah? That, but my dad was quiet. He was just quiet. Me and the boys often, often chat because um, as much as they don't remember, it might even be more faith, but there was something about my dad when he had dinner. We would always have a salad, you know. And for us as Italians, as a salad, you dressed your own salad. Salad dressing doesn't come in a bottle. You know, don't kid yourself. Just a marketing ploy for people to make money off you. Get some olive oil, get some vinegar, some salt and pepper, and then go nuts from there. Add some mustard, do stuff. Make it yourself, much better. Anyway, just leave that over there for all of 
the, the bottle dressing salad people. Anyway, because I've just offended thousands, we go to their house, they give you a salad and there's your, your tray of bottles to choose. I'd like a salad dressing, please. Yes, there's your bottle. No, please. Don't. Anyway, leave that side. Don't offend people anymore. Keep moving, Andrew. Dad was quiet, but when he ate, there was always, 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 I don't know why, but it was almost like he put lip gloss on because of the oil from the salad, right? And so Nathan will remember this because we had a saying when he was growing up, unless you're wearing some of your food, you're not really enjoying it, right? Seriously. And that was because watching my dad across the table, he would always have this, this salad dressing, you know, oil and vinegar on his lips. You knew he was in the throes of eating salad. It was just always there. And so it became a joke that unless you're wearing some of your food, you're not actually really enjoying it, yeah? That first Christmas, my dad was quiet, was always quiet. My mum is the talker. My mum was the disciplinarian. If dad wanted to discipline us, we would laugh. If mum wanted to discipline us, my brother and I ran. Seriously, true, true. Like, we're just, like, my dad would have this thing, you know. It, it, it sounds better in Italian than English, but he'd come up, you know, and this, this man, and he'd come up and he'd lift his hand like this. He'd never hit us. That was my mum right um, he'd lift his hand like this and he go and in a tan he goes he would it, the words would be stay attento se no te giro la testa in other words be careful i'm about to make your head spin right <laughs> sounds awesome but as we got older my brother and i would then as he did it we would do it come on dad like this, we were, you know, we weren't always good kids. My mum, she wouldn't have to lift it. We would just hear footsteps and we were out, mate. We were gone. There was retribution was coming. But my dad, that first Christmas, though he was quiet, it was like Christmas was more quiet. And so it was it was hard. You know, it wasn't impossible. It was just hard. And and Mel can tell you, I'm a little bit callous in some areas. I get over stuff reasonably quickly, you know. So by the next Christmas, it was much easier. By the third Christmas, it wasn't Dad who, but Christmas just went on without him, yeah. So I imagine there are those that have lost loved ones at Christmas time, yeah, or at Christmas time itself. Just just because they're no longer there, Christmas can be really tough. You know, I've actually got old friends. In fact, an old friend that used to come to this church in the early years that would try to holiday and hide at Christmas time so that he wouldn't have to celebrate Christmas, actually any event at all, but Christmas because of the pain that it brought up at that time of season. You know, it just becomes really difficult at that time of year. Sometimes, you know, for some people it's a job loss. For others, it's because their relationship broke down. They went through a, a divorce, you know. For others, it's a personal failure but you get to Christmas and it's just flipping tough you know I remember after Mel's dad died my wife was so sad when her dad died um, like just sad she was so sad particularly that first Christmas and unlike me she didn't get over it as quickly over the years yeah she still has moments you know she was more emotional that first Christmas but as she shares it, she shares it was a bit of sweet time. It was time for him to go. But in that pain, we still celebrate 
because we still have family and friends. Yeah? So she celebrated through the pain of that tragedy. You know, and I'm sharing these stories because I know that so many have been through similar things. You know, we come to Christmas to celebrate. You know, it may not have happened at Christmas, but Christmas just seems to be a time when we, because it's at the, we celebrate it at the end of the year. Let's not get into the theology. You know, well, Jesus didn't die in December. It was really October. It was really September. Oh, I don't care. He really wasn't born at this time. He was born at, just pick a day and we're going to celebrate it yeah man people get caught up on so many ridiculous things that they forget that our faith is a relationship a personal relationship it's not about facts and figures of exact dates anyway hobby horse aside yeah um for some of us the stuff may not have happened at christmas but we get to this time of year and we celebrate it at the end of the year and we start to reflect don't we we reflect what we've got and we reflect what you know what we have we reflect what we don't have we can't help that i want to say this though thank god i know jesus thank thank god for him thank god that he actually came and he was born in a manger thank god for him thank god that we actually live in a world that stops on the 25th of december to celebrate his birth like praise god for that the world doesn't stop for Buddha or, or, or for the thousand Hindu gods or, or for Muhammad, but it stops for Jesus. Even those who don't believe in him go, thank you, we'll stop at Christ, Matt. Yeah? We don't believe in it. I'm sure one day they'll want to change the name. You know, I don't know what they're going to call it. That's a Christ, Christ mass tree. What are you going to call it? A tree. It really doesn't, you know... It's a celebration tree. You know, it doesn't work for me. It's Christmas time. You know, because we have God, the Holy Spirit living in us, I thank God because even in that part of my life, when I was 33, the Holy Spirit could teach me, could guide me. The Holy Spirit was my teacher in the school of prayer. Yeah? It was the Holy Spirit. Though, though tragedy had struck, so to speak, like so many of us have experienced, Though it seems at times like we're left alone, in reality, because the Holy Spirit lives in us, we're actually never alone. Amen? And even though it was a painful time for the whole family, at the end of the day, our God is our Heavenly Father. And you and I have the ability to talk with Him in the name of Jesus. Yeah? Man, I love that. We sung about that, didn't we? What a beautiful name it is. What a wonderful name it is. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. And if, our, if we only spoke one word our whole life and that word was Jesus, it would be enough. Oh, it's just so cool. And it's Jesus. It's access to the heavenly Father through Jesus, through the power of prayer that helps us in these times. Amen? And I know He's helped so many of you so many of us at these times as well so let me encourage you if you have had a tough time during christmas don't let it defeat you don't let it get on top of you because you and i we actually have the answer to get through and that's the power of prayer so this morning with the time that's left we're going to learn how to pray at christmas time because some of us need to get better at what we already do excellently some of us just need to start, yeah?
There's a quote by a gentleman, a pastor named Steve Gaines. He's, a, he's the actual president of the Southern Baptist Convention in the States. And he wrote, No one ever prayed like Jesus. When it comes to prayer, he truly is the expert. While on earth, Jesus prayed with a depth of intimacy that is unmatched. No one ever prayed like the Master. Everywhere he went, he left a trail of tranquility. Why? Because everywhere he went, he prayed. Yeah, what a cool quote. I love that. We all need help and we can get help, yeah, to pray like he prays. You know, I've read some awesome books on prayer over many, many, many years at home, in the office, in my car, on a computer screen, on a Kindle, paperback. There's books on prayer. I don't know if you've ever heard of um, E.M. Bounds. E.M. Bounds has got just a library on books of prayer. And I kid you not, probably for me, some of the best books and really easy to read for me, right? books on prayer. Then you've got Bill Hybels has got a book on prayer. You're going to love the name. Too Busy Not to Pray. That's worth it just for the title. Yeah? All right, then there's Ron Dunn. Don't just stand there, pray something. Hello? Again, the title says enough. There's a, another favorite of mine, James Maloney, who has a couple of books, but one of them, uh, there's a series called Ladies of Gold. Yeah, Ladies of Gold is a, about a ministry called the Candlestick Ministry. Not because they made candlesticks, but because these women were women of prayer. And then it grew from eight women to a whole bunch of about 80 people. And they would meet in a house. And what would often happen, yeah, this is true stuff. This is the power of prayer that we have access to at Christmas time. They would pray, and then while they were praying, one, and, one or two of them would be transported to another place. By the time they got back, in that prayer time, they would then share how they were transported to another country where they saw what was happening in that country and while they were there, God showed them what needed to be prayed for and so now back in that circle, they would say, God's just shown us we need to pray for this country. These are the things we need to pray for. Some of you are thinking, what a load of crock. I'm telling you, these ladies would pray. James Maloney shares how he went there one day and they were praying and he was invited into their circle and there was all these, all these men that were praying around the outside yeah, that were there and then they were gone. And James said to the, to the group, who were those men? They said, man, they were the angels that join us. He went there one day as they were closing after a very long time of ministry, years and years, they were finally closing. Most people had passed, new people hadn't joined. This is what happens with churches, parachurch ministries, all sorts of stuff. And he was walking through the house in which they used to pray. You've got, to, you've got to find out where it's located and the story and who he is. It's amazing stuff. Um, just amazing stuff. He's so well known around the world and yet in America where he's from and here in Australia, we, we know nothing of him. Anyway, he went there, met with a lady. I can't remember her name. Anyway, he, he was going through the old house and they were reminiscing and he said, where's the door? She goes, what door? And he goes, whenever we prayed, there was a door. There was a door here. And she said, oh, Jimmy, there was a, never a door there. He goes, there was. I saw it many times. She goes, that was the doorway the angels would use to come and go as we prayed. 
man, there is power in prayer if you actually want to get out of real life reality, step out of the car and step into faith. Yeah? Especially in moments where life has been so difficult that it stops us from celebrating the things we should be celebrating. Amen? There's some brilliant books. And I just think, church, as a whole, in general, we should all pray. We should all read more. Like just, we don't have to become scholars, doctors, but maybe get something that will grow us, stretch us in Jesus' name. I mean, I'll take all the help I can get from anyone and from those that have written about it, amen? And, and the truth is that no matter what we know of prayer, what we learn about prayer, that it's not until we actually start praying <laughs> that the teaching becomes of any use. Yeah, And I guess even for today, the quality of what I'm saying, the quality of this sermon is dependent on the Holy Spirit encouraging us, each one of us, to actually pray. So I want to sort of kind of deliberately try to get out of the way and, and, and hope the words of the Scriptures will speak to us and help us grow in the area of praying. Because the first thing I want to say about pray, praying is we actually need help to pray. We actually need help to pray. It's funny, Mel's watching a show, just I happened to catch it, yeah, called Irreverent. Anyone seen it on Netflix? Funny show. Guy's impersonating a minister. Um, he's, really, um, he's a really nice guy, but he's a thief. But some of his counsel, he should be a minister. Anyway, he's part of a, some archdiocese, I don't know, and the bishop comes to visit him and they're in the chapel together and they're praying and the, and the bishop says to him, you know, the higher up I went, the more I grew in my ministry, in my responsibility, the less I've prayed. You know, sometimes it doesn't matter where we are, who we are. We all have the capacity just to not pray all the time, not pray when we should sometimes even pray out of out of whack so i just really want the holy spirit to encourage us this morning to help us to pray to actually pray you know it's like the reality step from the notion of prayer to actually praying and, and i know that many of us are already praying it's not a criticism please don't hear this as a criticism but there's so many things that you and i go through in life yeah where prayer would actually help yeah and if you're not a prayer, awesome. Maybe Christmas Day is the birth not only of Jesus, not only of hope, but the birth of prayer in your life. Amen? If every one of us can actually humble ourselves today and say, I can really grow in prayer, I believe that's what's going to happen. Now, turn to Mark 1. Mark 1, verse 35. Uh, this is, th there's an underlying story here. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. So why did the disciples, who in Luke said, Lord, teach us how to pray, why did they ask that if they'd actually seen him pray? Because here in Mark, they're together, and he, it, it's written here, Mark's telling us early on, chapter 1, Jesus got up early, left the house to a solitary place where he prayed, and yet when we get to Matthew and Luke, when we get to the Lord's Prayer, then they go, oh, oh, Lord, we want to pray as well. Teach us. 
you know what was it that they saw about jesus and his prayer life that encouraged them to want more i i love what the scripture sometimes doesn't say on its surface but does say just the underlying context of the story not taking it out of context but what it says by what it doesn't say and i love mark chapter one because it kind of summarizes the pressures that we're all under very early in the morning while it was still dark jesus got up why because the time pressures they can creep in on us and can actually somehow work against the priority of prayer yeah think about it early in the morning he got up while it was still dark how many people have got grandkids or kids or have had young kids how hard is it to pray when they get up earlier than you and they want your attention like seriously please leave me alone i don't like it when they want my attention and i'm watching my favorite tv show or if they get into the bathroom before i do oh my goodness when samuel makes it to the bathroom before me like i want to be first i want to use all the water i want to take my time you can have what's left what time's left what water's left and make sure you get on get wherever you need to go on time but i want to be first yeah i they fight for our attention don't they our kids and it makes it really hard to pray particularly if you're trying to pray in the morning i'm not saying that you have to but jesus knew there was going to be stuff competing for his time it's a pattern it's not a rule it's not that you have to get up early but knowing that something somebody people were going to compete for his time and knowing that he needed to spend time in prayer he actually did something about it so that he could actually pray so church will tell you you've got to get up and pray in the morning no deal if you're not a morning person don't do it what the church should be saying is if you know there's going to be something competing for your time then actually make an adjustment so that you can still pray because then you'll actually enjoy it and not hate it it's hard when you've got stuff competing for your attention so he figured out that he needs to find a place he figured out that he needs to get away in matthew 6 when it talks about the lord's prayer the other version of the lord's prayer jesus talks about closing the door yeah maybe sometimes you and i we've got to shut everything out maybe it needs we need to go away we need to go for a walk we need to go up the hill around the corner down to the creek maybe we just need to get away somewhere from all the busyness like my my wife can actually confirm something i'm about to say i find it really hard to pray if my phone is within a meters to two meters reach yeah i find it really hard because i want to pick it up i want to look at it oh i've got an idea i'm just going to quickly grab that scripture that i'm thinking of how did i end up in facebook what did ruby say about family life church three hours ago what did and and before you know it i'm totally distracted anybody else like legitimately i find if this is within reach i find it hard 
even when we're praying here on a Wednesday morning, I'll use it for some scripture. And, and, and sometimes I'll have it on a devotional. And before you know it, it's like, oh, what's that? Who said that? Oh, put it down, Andrew. Focus, focus, focus. I can be easily distracted. Maybe that's all of us, you know. Maybe some of us need to leave our phones behind. So Jesus gets up and goes where he could pray. Continues in Mark chapter 1, verses 36 and 37. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone's looking for you. It's almost like a criticism. Oh, if he was Italian. Oh, Jesus. Where did you go? We were looking for you. In other words, hey, buddy, you're supposed to be here with us. Yeah? People don't see that when they read that. It's like a criticism. And it's, Jesus, what have you been doing? Like, where have you been? There's this great need that's all around you. It's everywhere. The truth is, there's always going to be a great need. Always, always, always. And Jesus eventually, and does, minister to the great need. But not all the time. He was 24-7 with the Father, not 24-7 with the crowd, yeah? Because if you spend 24-7 with the crowd, 24-7 on social media, prayer is no longer a priority. And if prayer is no longer a priority, I can guarantee you we actually lose perspective. We don't want to lose perspective. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> Everyone's looking for you. There's this great scene in Rocky too, where he goes to the priest's house. And he goes, yo, Father Carmine! Father Carmine! You've got to see it, because that's how I imagine the disciples coming out looking for Jesus. Oh, Jesus! Where are you? It's, it's, it's an implicit criticism. It's actually implying something. It's like when someone says to me, hey, hey Pastor, why, why didn't you do that? Well, what are you really saying? Brother, sister, well, why didn't you do? It implies something. Jesus, everyone's looking for you. And then verse 38, Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else. <laughs> They're all looking for you. Got it from God because I've just been in prayer. Let us go somewhere else. Have you caught that? I love that. I love that. I called the pastor and he wasn't in his office. <laughs> Let us go somewhere else. I love that. That is so good. Love that Jesus didn't say, oh, I was just praying, but let me get back to it. No, no, he doesn't say that. He goes, let us go somewhere else. Prayer, his time in prayer gave him direction. Sometimes we need direction that's away from the busyness of life and it comes to us when we spend time in prayer in Jesus' name. Jesus not only got direction, but he was able to live a fruitful life. Amen? So we've got him as an example. In fact, there's, there's a myriad of examples all through the Bible when it comes to prayer. We've got examples in the Psalms. You know, you, could, you know what? If you read a Psalm every day, you'd have something to pray. If you prayed from a Psalm every day, you'd have something to pray. Read the Psalms enough. It will give you something to pray. 
You know, we've got Solomon, he prays for wisdom. We've got Nehemiah that's asking for help. Daniel, who even prays when it's illegal and it's going to cost him his life, probably. Prayer was important. We've got all of Scripture. The Bible is our prayer book, amen? Every time we read this, we can pray out that Scripture. You know, we should thank God that we've got the Scriptures to help us pray. Not only to help us, but to help us at times for what we can actually pray. That's why Jesus taught us the Lord's Prayer. Because we know that our heart can be distracted. You know, Augustine once said that we suffer from heart disorders. He says we suffer from heart disorders. So sometimes we get the ordering of our prayers wrong. So the thing we should pray for first, we pray for last. The thing we pray for last, we should pray for first. We need to get the ordering right in our minds and hearts for the things we should actually be praying for. And of course we should be praying for ourselves and praying for opportunities to share the gospel. I'm telling you, you pray that one and the Holy Spirit will answer that one. You pray for an opportunity to share the gospel and the Holy Spirit will answer that one. Especially at Christmas time, whenever you have an opportunity to share the gospel, isn't it at Christmas time, the birth of the Saviour? Pray for your family, pray for the church, pray for our nation, the world, pray for, for our mission partners, for the, for the Parkers, and pray for Jess, and pray for that stuff. You know, I was taught this shortly after becoming a believer, but ACTS, A-C-T-S, anyone learned that for prayer? Let's go old school a little bit, because it helps give us a simple pattern to pray, especially at Christmas time, especially for those that struggle. So ACTS, the letter A, yeah, when we pray, adoration. If there's ever a time where we should adore Jesus, isn't it at Christmas time? As a baby. Well, don't we adore children? What a time for adoration to flow. And, and adoration in our prayer, we need to make sure that we praise God. Before anything else, praise Him. I don't care how bad your week is. I don't care how much your partner sucks. It doesn't matter how woeful your children have been, but when you get before the Lord, praise Him. Praise Him. I mean, we're about to celebrate the coming, His birth, yeah? That doesn't mean that we don't ask Him for stuff, but praise Him, adore Him. You know, when we pray, we're actually defining our relationship with Him. And if you don't pray, I guarantee you, your relationship's going to be shallow. You need to be able to talk with him somewhere, somehow. That's how a relationship works. When I talk to my wife, she says I don't talk to her enough, she'll tell you that our relationship is struggling, so we have to talk more. If I don't talk to my friend Ross, or Ross doesn't talk to me, that means our relationship will be struggling. We need to be able to talk to the Lord, getting ourselves rightly related to the living of God saying we adore him we worship him because he's worthy just because he's worthy and nothing else because he's worthy man I love that our father hallowed be your name Jesus teaches us to begin with praise and worship to adore the living God it's I, it's, I worship you I adore you I love you Lord Christmas is all about adoration who remembers the, oh, come, let us? Who can sing here? Not me. Anyone want to try to join in with me? Like, this is really going to be bad. We're going to, for those at home, I apologize. Sound guys can't do nothing with this in Jesus' name. 
So if you know it, maybe just jump on board. I'm really looking at Sally and Ross and Lockie really heavily, you know. Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come let us adore him. Amen. And what about for you alone is for you alone are worthy. 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 Christ the Lord. Adore him. The worship team may not give me a microphone, but I can still adore him. Yeah, our prayers, we need to adore him. Man, and I know that sometimes that can be hard because of the time of year. And even right now, you know, sometimes we just have to get away where you can do that. I actually like just to sit in here during the week. You know, Mel often we chat. She goes, I don't see you praying at home. I don't. I talk to the Lord sort of on and off at home. But I, I actually come and sit in here. I love it. I especially love it when no one's around. I especially get frustrated if I'm in here and someone just drops in. Like, I knew I should have parked the car out the back. Knew I should have left it across the road. No one would have known. <laughs> we will find you. Sometimes we just need to find a place where we can make some noise for the Lord. Amen? I'll tell you, make some noise. Sing some songs. People who don't like the music that we're singing at church during the week, <laughs> probably because they're not singing at home. I'm just putting it out there. Yeah? If you're singing and worshipping at home, you pick your own songs, you're running your own church service in your lounge room, yeah, you're doing your own thing. You've got 167 out of 168 hours to do that at home. And then when we come here, we ask our team to choose some songs that will help unite us all so that we can praise Him together. We're supposed to adore the Lord and praise His name. And I love this because I'm out of time. And so I won't get through Acts, let alone get to, get to the Psalms. But C is for confession. We don't talk about the word confession much. But sometimes we just need to go to the Lord and say, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. Sorry the way I spoke to my son, my daughter. Sorry about the way I spoke to my wife. I'm sorry I saw so-and-so's phone call and I ignored it. <laughs> I'm sorry. As Christians, we need to be able to say, Lord, I'm sorry. You cannot repent if you cannot confess. Yeah? Don't go into prayer with a heart that's cold, not willing to confess stuff, because that's not prayer. You're there to adore Him, to praise Him, and say, you know what? Jeez, I fluffed it. I'm your hands and feet extended, but I fluffed it today. Tim Keller, who's a really old writer, and the millennials love him, I think he's a little bit conservative, but that's just me. I'm nobody. I haven't written the books he has. But anyway, um, he actually says that the younger generation are not confessing. The younger gen You know what that means? That means we have to teach them. You and I 
Family Life Church, our language is about walking into this place broken and then being able to be open, honest, transparent, not wearing masks, allowing people into our lives to shoulder our burdens so that God can do a work on the inside of us and restore us and then reveal us for His glory. We need to teach people how to confess. Because if they can't confess their brokenness, they can't confess where they're struggling, they can't repent. If they can't repent, God can't do a work. So our prayer, we adore Him, and then we just just lay it on the table. And let's be honest, if you've got a relationship where you're talking with the Lord, you know the stuff that you have to confess. This Holy Spirit system's like, "Uh uh-uh. You ever have that? Holy Spirit goes, oh, don't you dare. Are you really? And you go, just one more time. Just this time. It's not that bad. Uh Uh-uh, you shouldn't. I know. But you still love me, so I'll be all right. I know no no one's ever had that conversation with God, right? Sometimes we've just got to lay it on the table, you know. Sorry for that, God. Man, I can't believe I succumbed to that again. I can't believe I acted like that again. Praise God someone rolled up at the door because I was going to freak out. Whatever it might be, you know. Why don't we stand? Because as we stand, we may as well finish with thanksgiving, yeah? May as well finish on a happy part. Now that we've all confessed that we're, we're struggling in our Christianity with the Lord, we're still sons and daughters. We're still seated in heavenly places. We're just getting used to how this works with Him, amen? So thanksgiving, ACT, I won't get to supplication. But we just ask God to do stuff and we thank Him for it. Man, I think about the 10 lepers that were healed. How many actually turned around and thanked Him? One. One. I wonder how many times we've prayed for things, even forgotten that we've prayed for things, and then God's done 10 wonderful things in our life and we're lucky if we thank Him for even one. Man, let's be a people that just thank Him and thank Him and thank Him. You know, God, thank you that we drove home from Mildura and Andrew, as he drove, missed the turnoff, so we had to go the long way around through Witchy Proof. And then Mel had a terrible role that she didn't like from Little Sea, what is it? Sea Lake, that's the one, Yeah. But she didn't die of food poisoning and we still got home with Samuel driving. Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus! There's always something we can be thankful for. It's all about perspective. And if we do not pray, we lose perspective. Yeah? At this time of year, this is a time to celebrate. And hear me, if you're one of those people that are doing it tough, I want to pray for you. When this is finished and done and ended, I'd love to pray for you because we have the power through prayer to work through it so we can celebrate it for what it is in Jesus' name. Amen. And if I allude to anything in the Lord's Prayer, yeah, I'll say this because I just need to say this for somebody. I just God's just prompted me and so I'm gonna fly there. I'm sorry. But the Lord's Prayer <laughs> tells us that forgive us our sins as as we forgive those forgive us our sins our sins as we forgive those god's going to forgive us but it happens at the same time that we're forgiving 
And sometimes there are those of us, those that are watching at home, that this is a difficult time of year because there are people that we need to forgive. Yeah? And I want to bring that up right now because in our prayer, if we're going to pray at this time, I'm just going to ask you to close your eyes and maybe ask the Lord, is there someone that I need to actually forgive? Is there someone that I actually need to forgive? Because until you've forgiven them, you cannot pray. It's part of the prayer pattern, yeah? Not a rule, but until you've forgiven them, you cannot pray. And God wants to hear you and heal you and walk with you and restore you. And He wants you to celebrate all that He is. So this morning, Father, I just pray that as we learn how to pray, as we come as people that adore you, Lord Jesus, as we come and lay all of our brokenness before you to get help, God, as we thank you for all that you've done in our life, God, I just pray that you would ask us, Lord, those that still have someone that we need to forgive, that we would be able to forgive them this Christmas season. That, Father, whatever's gone before will be done, will be dusted. Father, that whatever's gone before will be forgiven, that we may truly be your hands and feet extended. And in the same way that you forgive us our sins and our brokenness, Lord God, as we forgive those, the Bible says, who sin against us, God, we just pray a forgiveness for their lives right now. So Lord, help us to be a people that pray <laughs> better, stronger, faster god may we be the six million dollar men and women of prayer lord better than we were before that we may truly see the outworking of you holy spirit in our community and in our families and everybody said amen vicky's going to play some music